This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 491, coming to you on Monday, July 17th. We're going to look back at a long off season for the Trojans. A long, but a big one. A lot of good things happened for SC, certainly, but a lot of you know, big shakeups. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that, incoming transfers, USC signees, all of that, and set the stage for the 2023 season, uh, which should be a big one, the Trojans' final season in the Pac-12. All of that and more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get our podcasts. Uh, we are there. Our email address for the show is reignoftroy at fanside.com. And our phone number for the rant line is 818-643-7227. So you can give us a call, have your say about the Trojans, and so much more. As always, I'm your host, Mike Castillo, joining along with my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Elisa Dertel. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we're back for an episode that I'm super excited about because... It's an episode that we've been wanting to put together for years. We talked about it last week. We got a, we, we got like a, an email, um, a, a text message. I can't remember what it was, and it kills me that I don't exactly remember what it was. Uh, that said, could you do an episode before a season that was like previously on Reign of Troy Radio? Um, this is basically going to be that episode where we're going to talk ne- not necessarily about uh, what we had to say. But uh, look back at USC's offseason and sort of set the stage 
for the 2023 season. Um, this is what we're calling our first episode of, of the season. Yeah. And, and it's exciting because the season is, is not far away. We've, mm-hmm. we've made it through most of the off season. Pac-12 yeah. media day is right around the corner. And that means that uh, the road to the season is is pretty much beginning from the moment that Lincoln Lincoln Riley was hired. I feel like USC has been going at light speed, right. and even just since the end of, of of last season, this off season has felt like it's had so many different little um, speed bumps or mm-hmm. or things to look at, things to see, things that probably maybe even like half of our listenership maybe missed because sure, there's yeah. stuff that I missed and. I'm in the thick of it, uh, in, in, in certainly in regards to this podcast. So I'm excited to roll back through what's been going on. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, uh, we want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by DraftKings, uh, and SC fans. If you have not signed up for DraftKings, this is the perfect opportunity because if you're a new user, you can receive 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps, create an account, deposit then wager five bucks on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive 150 bucks in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Reign of Troy, all one word, when you sign up. All the information should be in the description if you're watching us here on YouTube. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, go to the show notes and the description of the podcast there. Uh, it should be in there. And the best part is using the code not only gets you the bonus, but also supports us supports us to allow us to grow the podcast and do more things. So uh, we're excited about that. Uh, of course, this offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. But Alicia, I'm super pumped about this one too, because one of the things that you and I got into during COVID, during the, uh, the whole pandemic thing, was Formula One. And one of my favorite Formula One podcasts, I listen to like a million of them. Uh, one of them is Shift F1, which is an American F1 pod. And they do this thing every year where they have a preseason primer episode. And the first year I got so into it, like it was a perfect entry point where it was like a two hour episode where they basically walked you into the, the F1 season with like no prior knowledge of what you're doing. I kind of want this thing to be a yearly thing for us on a similar vein, except we're not going to break it down. We're not going to show you like, okay, remember that uh, if you win a Heisman trophy, the numbers are retired. uh, The colors are Cardinal and gold. uh, Give you the words to the fight song, tell you how to pronounce uh, Trousdale, et cetera. Like we're not going to do that thing, but I think we're going to walk you through uh, the, uh, the, the off season and set the stage for the, uh, for the 2023 uh, season. Why do I keep saying set the stage? I don't know. Cause we're setting the stage. It's, it's accurate. I mean, yeah. It's accurate. We are setting the stage for the 2023 <laughs> season. Yeah. And if you're joining us on YouTube, we're happy to have you along for the ride. We've got a bunch of people in here. Bart's Ernesto, Tim, Cameron, Kenny's here. Cigars here. Remember Murdy, Donnell, uh, multiple Tims, uh, a billion people are here. We're ex- super excited about that. So let's just get into it with episode 491 as we inch towards number 500, uh, as was mentioned in the chat. Um, all right, we have to start um, this off-season review with briefly, 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 uh, 
looking back at the 2022 uh, USC Trojans, uh, the Trojans in the very first season of the Lincoln Riley era, he was hired at the end of 2021 to replace Clay Helton, of course. And the Trojans in year one, I think surpassed um, expectations. When you say they surpassed expectations, Trojans went 11 and three, eight and one in the Pac-12, lost the Pac-12 championship game, lost the Cotton Bowl. But would you say that they surpassed expectations? I would say yes, because I think reasonable expectations would not have had an 11 and three Sure. Record. Uh, I'm not, went six and six, six and seven. I think. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm trying to remember what we said going into last season about the Pac-12 specifically. Mm-hmm. I think that where they didn't surpass expectations is that at a certain point in the season, it became very clear that USC could slash should win the Pac-12, and I don't know that I would have made that prediction going into the season, but right. by a certain point in the season, that was the goal. That was a reasonable expectation, and that was not met. Um, winning the bowl game should always be an expectation, so mm-hmm. that was not met. So I would say they exceeded expectations. Uh, maybe could have uh, could have done done more. Certainly the the ending. Uh, SC beats all California rivals for the first time in several years. They beat SC and UCLA for the first time in a while. Um, of course, they lose to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game in a game in which Caleb Williams gets hurt, but he comes back for the, for the Cotton Bowl. SC looks like they're in control of the Cotton Bowl for sort of most of it, especially in, early in the second half. Um, <laughs> we're in control with four minutes to go in the game um, and uh, ultimately could not get the win there. But, you know, SC didn't go to the playoff and... Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Yeah, SC couldn't go to the playoffs. And um, after that point, uh, I don't know that the Cotton Bowl was overly that important. Um, but it's a bowl game nonetheless. And it's the game that people are going to remember. The Cotton Bowl in the context of last season didn't matter. The context, the Cotton Bowl in the context of future seasons could matter. Yes. We could look yeah. back at the Cotton Bowl and see it as a template for disappointment for USC in, in terms of postseason play, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a a, a, a semi-valid criticism, if you have any, of, sure. of Lincoln Riley's tenure as a head coach so far, is I think, but th- but also, it was year one at USC, the man is 39 well, years old, like, I, I, the, <laughs> I feel like I'm nitpicking. To SC's credit, and I think one of the reasons that you can, I think you can take the Cotton Bowl seriously the SC performed in that game as they did for a lot of the games down the stretch where the offense looked completely unstoppable um, when Caleb Williams was healthy and the defense looked like a sieve, right? Like that was the expectation and and that was what this team was. And there were questions on special teams throughout the season. Yeah. So it it finally came to, to to bite them in the end. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Mario Williams, muffing the punt at the goal line and all or muffing the kickoff at the goal line and all that stuff. So yeah, either way, SC goes 11 and three great first season for Lincoln Riley, but a lot of things to grow on, especially even with the Heisman winner, uh, which leads us into the off season. A uh, lot of roster turnover. There was a lot of roster turnover in year one. We know that Lincoln Riley sort of built his team out of the transfer portal this season. SC's sort of a similar predicament. Um, this season, SC loses 30 players um, this offseason. 
those 30 players include 10 graduates, one retirement, two early NFL entries, and 14 uh, players who departed in the transfer portal. Uh, let's start with the the graduates. It's wide receiver Terrell Bynum, Josh Follow, Travis Dye, Brett Nealon, Andrew Voorhees, who was drafted by the seventh round uh, or in the seventh round by the Ravens, uh, offensive lineman Bobby Haskins, uh, Brandon Peely on the D line, along with Nick Figueroa, uh, and then third round draft pick Makai Blackman at cornerback and kicker Alex Stadhouse. Uh, the retirements um, are Adonis Ote. He was a medical retirement. Uh, USC DB in the 2019 class. Uh, two early entrants who leave USC who were big components to last season were defensive lineman Tuli Tuli Pelotu. Uh, he just about led SC in everything on defense, including sacks and tackles for loss, one of the nation's best sack men uh, last season. Uh, and SC loses Jordan Addison, who was the Blitnikoff winner who transferred over from Pitt last year. He got hurt towards the later part of the season, uh, but he was a first-round draft pick by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and then leads us into 14 transfer portal uh, departures. Before we talk about the transfer portal stuff, though, um, w- when you look at the guys that SC is losing, I think you have to start at the offensive line. Nilon, Voorhees, Haskins, those are three starters, right? Yeah, uh, and I think, I think that... Those are, at least originally, those felt like the departures that USC was going to have the hardest time replacing. I think Tuli Tupelotu probably stands on his own as a very difficult player to replace, but the the fact that there were three offensive line uh, contributors, starters, very sort of major figures on, on the line... Those were the ones that felt like if USC runs into problems in 2023, it's going to it's going to be focused in on that particular area uh, of, of of loss for USC more than more than any other. USC's lost a lot of wide receivers, but wide receiver remains stacked. Uh, USC lost a lot of DBs, but the DB room has continually been re re-upped and, and recruited well and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the offensive line departures definitely felt like a potential Achilles heel for USC going into 2023. And mm-hmm. I feel like my perception of that has changed considerably based on the way that the off season has progressed. Although it's not completely, completely gone because depth there is still a little bit, a little bit concerning, but that you know, if you had told me in in January that I would be stressing the offensive line as little as I am come July, yeah, I would have thought that you know maybe I had knocked my head into a wall or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the offensive line in just a minute when we get to incoming guys because uh, there's three big incoming offensive linemen. All of all three could be could be starters. You never know. Um, with how this thing is going to break down. But um, let's, let's talk about the the transfer portal departures. SC loses 14 guys uh, to the transfer portal. Um, those include uh, Kyle Ford, gone to UCLA, Gary Bryant Jr. to Oregon, CJ Williams, wide receiver to Wisconsin, wide receiver John Jackson the third goes to Nevada, Malcolm Epps, tight end goes to Pitt. Uh, offensive lineman Cortland Ford to Kentucky and Max Gibbs to Jackson State. 
uh, along with Jason Rodriguez, who originally medically retired, but then ultimately did transfer on to Nevada. Raylan Goforth uh, is a Washington Husky at linebacker. Julian Simon and Tua C.V. Namura going to Tulsa and Fresno State, respectively, at linebacker as well. Uh, defensive backs, Britton Allen to Utah, Xavier Alford to Arizona State, and Latrell McCutcheon, the, the newest departure, is going to Houston. Uh, Alicia, that's 14 guys who have departed in the transfer portal. 14 guys to remember are no longer on the Trojan roster going into the season. That's a lot. But I think it's important to put that with the players who are coming in because there's 14 guys coming in, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I think the weirdest thing is of those 14 guys leaving, seven of them are on USC's schedule this year, including Kyle Ford, Gary Bryant Jr., Raylan Goforth, who might be the three biggest names on that transfer portal out list. And all three of those SC is going to face. Two at the Coliseum. Yeah, uh, these... These departures are interesting because on the surface, I don't think there's a one in there that you view as a bona fide starter loss for USC. Yeah. I think that we all feel the departure of Kyle Ford because I think we all loved Kyle Ford and the fact that he's going to UCLA is arguably to me the most painful transfer that has ever transferred. <laughs> um, I think Raylan Goforth is a really, really interesting one because on the surface, losing him does not harm USC's defense because the the, the defense was so bad last year. The performances of, of USC's linebackers in particular last year were so poor that that he gets, I think, lumped rightly lumped into there as, as underperforming players. Mm -hmm. If he goes to Washington and has a renaissance of his career, that's a reflection on USC. Yeah. It wasn't a Raylan Goforth problem. It was a USC problem. Now it could be the other way around and it could be a situation where he goes to Washington and we find out, yeah, exactly. He just didn't have what it takes to, to play major college football um, or at least power five college football. We'll find that out. That doesn't mean they can't hurt USC because Kyle Ford is going to be playing for UCLA and Gary Bryan Jr. is going to be playing right. for Oregon. And if they catch touchdowns in those games and USC loses those games by one touchdown, you're just going to feel it. Right. right. But right now, if you asked me to keep Kyle Ford and Gary Bryant Jr. by losing a wide receiver currently in Cardinal and Gold, I don't think there's very many of them that you'd make that trade for. Uh, I, I, I just think I just think the, the 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 departures fit the mold of what you expect of transfers nowadays, and that USC has the ability here to make us forget that any of these guys transferred out at all. Uh, by the way, there's three other guys in the transfer portal currently that have been undecided. Uh, Earl Burkett, uh, Tyler Katoa, Taylor Katoa, and uh, and Joshua Jackson, even though um, he has other things to he worry has bigger, about. bigger things off, to worry about than the transfer. Off the field, yeah. But uh, when, we, when we get to the incoming roster, um, Dorian Singer, one of the best receivers in the country last year at Arizona, certainly in the Pac-12. Uh, he's now a Trojan. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd joining as a running back from South Carolina. The three offensive linemen we talked about earlier, Florida, Michael Tarquin, Washington State's uh, Jarrett Kingston, and Wyoming's Emmanuel Pregnon. Bunch of dudes coming on the defensive line. There's Bear Alexander from Georgia, Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M, Keon Bars from Arizona, and Jack Sullivan from Purdue. Uh, Rush and Jamel Muhammad, number 10. He's going to wear number 10 for USC. Brian Cushing's number. 
from Georgia State. Linebacker Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State is here. Uh, and the defensive backs are Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona and Twaycon Fagans uh, from Alabama, along with punter uh, Eddie Zaplicki from Arizona State. USC did add some depth pieces, but each and every one of these guys feels like they will come in and compete for a, a starting job. They won't all succeed because there's only uh, there's there's only so many spots available to start. But the guys that USC added in are immediate contributors. And the good thing too, not to say that we can base everything in the future off of last season, but last season was a test drive for how quickly transfers can come in and make their mark on a team, not have to have a learning curve to, to that, that, that delays them becoming really important pieces of, of the puzzle. And so you look, you look down the line here and you see a lot of guys who you can now bank on being immediate contributors. It's all, it's all transfers for this year that are, that are starting the, starting the, uh, on the off on the defensive line in theory. Now we don't have a, a depth chart for the season coming up yet that we're sort of being presumptive about how fall camp goes along, but you can't tell me that you look at the defensive line and think it, it couldn't potentially be starters of Keon bars, Anthony Lucas, bear Alexander, Jack Sullivan, uh, sort of a, a Jamil Muhammad, it might not all go to plan. That's that's totally fair. They might not all go to plan, but the plan is right there in front of you when you when you look at this when you look at this list. So, like I'm I'm I the anticipation I have to see, you know, David in the chat asked if if Cobb is Gopher's replacement. Absolutely, Mason Cobb is a replacement for a lot for, for for practically all the linebackers that left. Yeah. Um, a lot is riding on Mason Cobb coming in and 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 being the guy. And one of the good indications that he might be that guy, just based on on the spring that they've seen from him, is who is USC taking a Pac-12 media day? Well, the obvious is Caleb Williams, and who's coming from the defense? It's Mason Cobb. Yeah, that says a lot that says a lot that 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 it's Mason Cobb and and it's not like USC doesn't have guys that couldn't have done that they could have sent uh um uh Bullock they could they could have sent Caleb Bullock they could have sent um you know Shane Lee again or or right. any of those guys so the fact that Mason Cobb has stepped into that role so clearly uh should be very exciting uh from a USC perspective so the future looks bright when you look at these at these transfers and like I said, the evidence from last year suggests that early windfalls could be coming from these guys. Yeah, th th this is a situation where, you know, we had talked about it before. Um, the problem with USC on defense last year under Alex Grinch, how much of that was USC's defense and the, the roster construction? How much of it was the scheme? How much of it was the play calling? How much of it was coaching? Whatever it was, probably a mixture of all of those things. But I think at this point, I don't know that you can give any more leeway to to Alex Grinch going into this season because SC went out there and they got like four and five star talent on the defense. Um, and SC has basically handpicked their defense full of transfers, uh, say for like... Kalen Bullock in the corners where yeah. you're looking at like Damani Jackson and, and right. um, CR Wright and those guys who are returning who... But but even then they went out and got they, Christian Roland they, yeah, Wallace, exactly. right? Like so, it's sort of a mix, right? They, they almost entirely handpicked their defense. So any any you know critiques about the defense definitely will fall back on on coaching. So it'll be all 
uh, put up or shut up for, for, for Alex Grinch's defense this year. And they can't not improve, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> One and, and so it, I don't know. The first half of the season could be really rough for the defense, unlike last year where it felt like the defense was well, doing okay. The, the so. first half of the season we'll get to in the schedule in a few minutes. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier than it was last year. Yeah. But um, yeah. And speaking of Alex, big shout out to Alex in the chat for helping us out with the, uh, with with a super chat and supporting the show, we uh, Alex Alex the man it. Alex or 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 woman I'm assuming big cheers uh, as I big, drink a water big cheers to Alex as I drink an energy drink. Uh, so yeah. let's let's get on to the recruiting class that SC brought in uh, this off season. Uh, ranked eighth nationally, first in the Pac-12. It all starts with five stars: Malachi Nelson at quarterback, Zach Branch at wide receiver. Uh, Along with Makai Lemon, four-star receiver, four-star receiver Jacoby Lane. Then there's that big tight end, Deuce Robinson, five-star tight end out of Pinnacle High in Phoenix. Uh, yeah, tight end. Um, your, your Jimmy Graham. Putting quotation marks. Your, your Jimmy Graham type tight ends. Yeah. Um, it'll be exciting to see what he can do in this USC defense. I mean, USC offense. Uh, two big running backs, Quentin Jorner and Marion Peterson, uh, both out of Texas. Um bunch of dudes on the offensive line five guys all told uh led by four-star elijah page also out of pinnacle high in phoenix uh there's uh um amos uh Talalele out of santa clara micah benuelos out of washington alani noah out of sacramento and tobias raymond a three-star uh offensive lineman out of ventura on the defensive side um the big ones to know braylon shelby four-star rush end out of friendswood texas Alicia, Friendswood, Texas might be my favorite place name in a long time. It's a good place name. Frostproof Texas. I mean, Florida was incredible. Might be the all-time best. Friendswood, Texas for Braylon Shelby, equally close. Which is uh, fitting that he's at Russia and along with David Peavy, who's a four-star out of one of the greatest cities ever, San Diego. Uh, Sam Green, a three-star out of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, he was one it, of the stars it, of spring camp, by the way. Yeah, he, he, he looked great in spring. He's here along with two defensive uh, interior linemen, Elijah Hughes uh, and uh, Dejan Lafitte, uh, three stars out of uh, California Which, and Virginia, respectively. Dejan Lafitte is such a good name. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Frenchness of it all, but like the, Lafitte is such a good name. If you heard Dejan Lafitte, name. what are you thinking? I'm, I'm thinking jockey. I could see it. A little yeah. close to yeah, Lafitte Dejan than Kai, Lafitte. sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking jockey a little bit. Uh, and linebacker Taka Curtis, the four-star linebacker out of uh, out of many Louisiana, another great name. Uh, Christian Pierce, four-star defensive back out of Rancho Cucamonga, and another uh, bright bright star of spring. Yeah, and Malachi Crawford, four-star outs of I didn't note that down, but Malachi Crawford, <laughs> uh, defensive line uh, defensive back, uh, another four-star, uh, and SC now gets multiple Malachi's spelled completely different. So I welcome welcome to college football. Folks. This was my greatest complaint about being a a, a USC beat writer. Um, the number of names that are the same that are spelled differently. I Jalen's and Jalen's with an E and Jalen's with an O and yeah. and Malachi's and Marquises and just all of the different like there's 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 Keyshawn. Taylor's different Taylor's different everything yeah keeping track of all of that pain absolute pain but um, 
uh, I, you know, everyone's got their name and, and they deserve to have their name spelled correctly. So yeah, that's why so, you keep a, that's why you keep the roster handy at all times. Malachi Crawford, M-A-L-I-K-I. I actually like Malachi, the, the, the spelling of, of, of this one. Like, cause you got Malachi Nelson with the C-H. Yeah. You got Malachi with the K. I haven't seen the one with the K, but I like the way it looks. Yeah. It looks like a, like a Hawaiian island to me. A little bit. Uh, in in any case, this freshman class for for USC is setting the table for <laughs> setting the stage for mm-hmm. uh, yeah. future su- success for USC. Hopefully, uh, on the lines. My bold prediction is that uh, at least one of those offensive linemen is going to see significant playing time in in twenty twenty three, and that's just based on on past experience every time usc brings in a a big group of offensive linemen one of the like three-star guys comes out of nowhere and just like he's gonna contribute right away yeah so andrew Voorhees was that guy in 2017 yeah 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 but it's nice that usc's in a position uh on the offensive side of the ball where they can sort of pick and choose their battles on that front with the with these guys Mm -hmm. uh and and sort of feel like they're in the future the defensive side of the ball is going to be way more interesting because you may need Sam Green. You may need Christian Pearson. Yeah. And you hope that uh, if we do see them, it's because they're that good and not because things have not gone to plan on defense. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's get into the coaching changes uh, for the Trojans. Not much uh, here, but still uh, coaching changes nonetheless. Inside wide receivers coach Luke Heward uh, was given the the position permanently. He was interim last year after the uh, untimely and unfortunate death of Dave Nickel. Um, so, yeah, I d- did. You have any complaints about the inside wide receivers last no. year? I, I certainly no. have no complaints about Luke, the job that Luke Hewer did last yeah, year. So this makes sense. More yeah. power to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the the big one is senior offensive analyst uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Um, have you? It's a little alliteration, Cliff Kingsbury, double K's. Um, I heard he was a uh, star football player at Texas Tech. Um, the prelude to uh, a recent offensive coordinator at USC. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. He was an offensive coordinator at USC <laughs> too, Cliff Briefly. Kingsbury, yep. before leaving, of course, to be the Arizona Cardinals coach. Uh, Texas A&M uh, offensive Texas Tech assistant to Texas A&M OC to Texas Tech head coach to fired USC offensive coordinator for like 40 days uh, and then hired by one? something like that. And then 37 days, I might remember. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then hired by the Arizona Cardinals to be their head coach. Both times he's sort of, uh, you know, moved up that way weirdly. And then uh, he's back at USC as a senior offensive analyst and SC's offense is incredible. Best offense in the country. Just about. You got the Heisman winner coming back. You cannot expect them to get significantly better, even though we've talked about it before. Like, production-wise, I think there's definitely areas where they could improve. Mm -hmm. Cliff Kingsbury should help. Will you see his improvement? I don't know, because SC is very good on offense. I don't know that you're going to see a markable improvement, but... But he's back. You know what I'd love? Um, well, number one, USC does need USC needs to be as efficient as possible this year because if they're gonna if they're going to average fifty points a game, 
Um, it just got a lot harder because of the changes, the rule changes that happened. They're going to shorten games, fewer plays. That yeah. means in order to make, in order to have a fifty-point average offense, you're going to have to really be super efficient. So yes, this is a great move towards that. Um, I think it would be cool if Cliff Kingsbury could help USC self scout on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, is, I, that might be asking too much. I think I don't that's know. asking a, a, a lot Just of a it. thought, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball is uh, Greg Brown, who joins as a senior defensive analyst. Uh, he developed three Jim Thorpe Award winners, uh, including Dion Figures at Colorado in 1992, uh, Chris Hudson at Colorado in 94, uh, and Jerron Harlan in, uh, at, at Louisville, Louisville in Louisville. Uh, 2014. So uh, another guy to to just help out. Uh, these are the things well, Alabama does. These yeah. are the things you if you, if you want to be... Uh, a, a big team in college football. This is what you do. You you swing your proverbial thing around, and uh, you go out and and get guys who are not doing anything, and uh, you just have them consult in some sort of way. You make them an analyst. This is what you do, and SC's yeah. doing those things. Uh, notable coaching changes on the schedule. Uh, Stanford has replaced uh, David Shaw, who retired, stepped down, uh, with Troy Taylor, former Cal offensive coordinator. Colorado replaced uh, former UCLA head coach um, Carl Durrell. Uh, it's still a mind bend that Carl Durrell was even the head coach at Colorado. Yes, and it's even <laughs> a further mind bend that their new coach is Deion, Deion Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Deion to me. Coach Prime Sanders as the Pac-12 That's media That's the last day. time that Coach Prime is going to be on this. On yeah, this no, we are we are not. Uh, I, think, I I find it. F- Fully insane that the Pac-12 wrote, yeah, wrote that in the in the, in the media in, in the media day thing. It's it's it's, it's wild I, to me. Like it's it's weird PR. Like, yeah. and I know that you know the Pac-12 needs to do that sort of thing for to drum up attention, but like it's still it's it's wild. Um, and Arizona State replaces Herm Edwards with uh, Kenny Dillingham, who was the Oregon State offensive coordinator. Uh, Oregon offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, Oregon offensive coordinator. Um, he's an ASU guy. I, I, shrug. I mean, Oregon was good on offense last year. I mean, more more power to him. I'm, I, I don't hate that hire for ASU. I, I don't hate it. I don't know what they could have done in terms of getting somebody. Like, the profile fits the situation at ASU. They're facing NCAA penalties. Yeah. Um, they needed to go out and get somebody who was willing to take on a, a take on a a rebuild and a challenge with potentially diminished resources and you're not going to get an established head coach to to agree to that so you go and find somebody who wants to climb the ladder and and they certainly could have done worse so we'll see what he is able to to do I, I i don't know that i have particularly high hopes for asu this year he's gonna need time i would assume but you never yeah. know yeah uh all right uh Last thing to talk about before we talk about the 2023 schedule um, is this offseason got a little weird because SC got a change in athletic director um, unexpectedly. Uh, Mike Bone resigned as USC's athletic director back in May. Uh, Dr. Denise Kwok was named as an interim. Um, This comes after allegations of improper conduct from the LA Times uh, inappropriate comments, behaviors by Bone, along with serious questions of his management and athletic department. Uh, Ryan Karchi of the LA Times put out a bunch of stuff back in May. You can go back and read those things. 
Uh, SC's response is to um, have uh, Denise Kwok as the interim uh, part of the interim leadership team. Uh, and this also comes from the LA Times, which includes uh, outside members of USC's le- leadership team include Sandy Barber, a former athletic director at Cal, um, most recently at Penn State as well. Mitch Moser, a longtime administrator at Duke, and Kevin Weiberg, a former Big 12 commissioner and Big 10 network executive. Uh, again, uh, we we talked about this back in May. Um, losing Mike Bone to things that are self-inflicted character things is a major red flag for SC, especially when we thought that SC was beyond this. Um, and that's beyond frustrating from the USC perspective, especially when you look at the successes that Mike Bone had at the, in the athletic department, aside from all of this, obviously. And you can say that like, he was the type of hire you should have done. You should, you should go after in the future. And then you learn that, no, you should actually still vet all your dudes. Like, and ladies, like, what what are you what are you doing here? Like he was the type of hire that you make, just with better vetting. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I, just always always be vetting. Well, all, <laughs> yes. Always vet your people. Always vet your be people. vetting. This is SC's biggest. But also, I Achilles heel. Always be vetting. But also, I'm gonna give USC the credit of when this came out. They instituted. A, an investigation. They brought in an outside investigator to look into it. They came to a conclusion that they were going to move on, and then the transition plan, to my eye, looks like a good one for figuring out how to do this yeah. transition they while go, also they, transitioning they, to the Big Ten and all that kind of they're stuff. They're consulting so like, with smart people. So, like, yes, it's an, yeah. it's, it's, it sucks that USC is mired in this kind of thing again, mm-hmm. but I do see little seeds of progress that I'm yes. going to just cling to that the capability of doing things right is there and that's my optimistic side speaking yeah i actually think this is a case of optimistic alicia yeah yeah exactly uh yeah and 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 so we'll see how that comes it's no word on when the timetable is for a new athletic director i would imagine you want that before the school year starts so it's like a month away but who knows? I, I I don't remember exactly when Lin Swan was hired, uh, or um, well, well Bone, Mike Bone was Bone hired. Was hired in the fall, but that's the present. He was hired in the fall, but but Swan left wasn't, in September. Yeah, and Carol Folt wasn't hired until yeah September. That was a whole or August weird or timeline. Yeah, whatever it was. Either way, so I'm not expecting anything anytime soon. Yeah, that's the way I'm. We, we we will we will see it when we see it, and you don't have to get this quick. No. Uh, SC it right. looks to be pretty stable in most of the sports at the moment, uh, which is a testament to the things that Bone was able to have Brandon Sosna help out with, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so get it right. You don't need to get it done quickly. That's, yes. that, that's my that's my takeaway here. Uh, let's talk about the 2023 schedule, which came out back in like January. Um, this season, uh, SC starts with a week zero game on August 26th. We're almost a month away, just under a month away against San Jose State. It'll be 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 networks. It'll be hot, but at least it's 5 p.m. Like it's it's not horrible. By that time, it'll it'll start to cool down. I think the the Coliseum should be filled. It should be filled. 
Will it, it should be, be filled. Question, but it should be filled yeah. for week zero game. Uh, week one. The last against, thing. Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. this is the only thing I'm going to say on this front. Like, the last thing I want to do is have to fend off rival fans or other fans from other places who are like, yes. oh, look at how empty the Coliseum is. Uh, in, in reality, USC fans, there's no defending us two, if the Coliseum is not full. Two things I hate talking about. One, attendance. Yeah. Two, captains. Do not care who the captains are. <laughs> I, I, I really, and really? I, I don't care what what anyone like, unless you're in the, the locker room. Who really cares? I am actually curious who the captains are. Well, I don't know. I think it should be obvious. It really should be. It should be Dietrich, Williams, uh, Cobb, and Bullock. Don't care. If it's not, I will tilt my head and go, huh? Interesting. What, what's what's that meme with uh, Stephen A? I. Do not, <laughs> do not care. Yeah. Uh, okay. The schedule goes continues for the Trojans' second game in Week One. Uh, first three games are at home, by the way. Week Zero against San Jose State. Week One against Nevada. Week Two uh, on no, on September 9th against Stanford. All three at home. The Stanford game is a night game, seven thirty on Big Fox. Uh, the Trojans will be off on Week Three, uh, September sixteenth, uh, right in time for for Elisa's birthday week. That's kind of nice. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that any birthday curses of mine apply in the bye week and not at go. Arizona State. Well, week four is the Trojans' fourth game, which starts a run of nine straight, uh, which is wild. SC gets a week zero game, uh, and yet they, which means they have two bye weeks and they, they still have nine games in a row. Yeah. It's uh, so it's week four at ASU, week five at Colorado. Uh, and then it's home to Arizona at Notre Dame on October 14th. That, of course, a 4.30 Pacific game, night game on uh, WNBC. Uh, week 8 at home against Utah. The Utah Utes Church lost to them twice last year. Uh, they will get them at home on October 21st. Uh, October 28th is at Cal. And then starts a daunting three-game set to finish the season at home against top 10 Washington on the road veterans day, November 11th armistice day. And you know, after this, I guess it will be an armistice because of the last USC Oregon game for the foreseeable future. Um, November 11th at Austin stadium. Uh, and then November 18th, SC and UCLA at the Coliseum Lockhorns in the city title game, uh, followed by a bi-week Thanksgiving third time. We've had a, a bi-week to talk about here. Uh, in the last few years, which is kind of nice for Thanksgiving week, uh, followed by the Pac-12 championship game on no, uh, December 1st, Friday night. So, there you go. Uh, let's talk about um, USC schedule, of course, when we did that, when we walked through it. I think the first six weeks looked to be pretty manageable for the Trojans, followed by a final six weeks that is... Full of difficult teams. Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon. You don't know what UCLA is going to be, right? Like, I think this is a situation where SC, we're going to get into our game predictions, you know, a month from now. But I think just about everybody will have SC 6-0. Yeah. Uh, if USC isn't 6-0, then something... Pete Carroll wouldn't be 6-0, to be fair. 
That's true. Pete Carroll would lose to Arizona State. This, this, the, the, <laughs> Pac-12 road opener, fair. baby. Um, yeah, no, the, I think it's. I think it's very safe to say that USC should should be six and zero. Uh, the, the only, even if Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona are better than we expect them to be, those should not be teams that USC that this USC team is, is losing to. The second half of the season, way more tricky, yeah. uh, way more difficult to navigate, way more uncertain. Uh, that stretch of Washington, Oregon, and UCLA is the one that defines the season. Oh, yeah. I, I, absolutely. 100%. Well, Notre Dame and Utah back-to-back, too. Um, Cal is the weird trap game. Um the obvious trap yeah, game. Obvious it, trap it's game. a five-game set of really difficult games, and then With Cal, Cal right is in randomly the in there. Yeah. Um, uh, let's look at the early rankings. Um, Athlon, uh, ESPN's post-spring power rankings of, of Mark Slaybaugh, Fox's post-spring power rankings of RJ Young all have the Trojans at fourth. Phil Steele has the Trojans ninth. NCAA.com's preseason rankings have SC at eighth. Uh, and the CBS post-spring power rankings by Dennis Dodd has SC 13th. He's really putting a, a a stance on the defense. I mean, I think, it's, I, I and think I think that's a, a fair, it's valid criticism. I think it's, there's plenty of valid criticism to make about USC's defense, but I think that criticism doesn't drop USC to 13th in the country. USC's offense is going to be a top five offense at worst. Um, we have seen, like, just look at like Alex Grinch defenses at Oklahoma. Yeah. USC doesn't need this defense to be elite to be a top eight team. They just need them to 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 not be a train wreck, which they were last season. But extenuating circumstances, I think, get played in. You look at the transfers that USC has brought in; they have improved the defense, the defensive personnel. Um, even if the defense only makes a marginal step forward, I still yeah. think this is a top ten team. Um, I think it's wild to put to put USC at thirteenth, especially because when we're doing like rankings like this, we're not we're not factoring in a what happens if Caleb Williams gets injured kind of question, all of that kind of stuff. No, with Caleb Williams leading the way, this team can win any game. Yeah. So you're not telling me that they're not a top ten team. They are a top ten team with Caleb Williams leading the way. Right. The, now, the flip side is you can make the argument with this defense they could lose any game either. Unfortunately, like that, 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 I mean, look at last year. Against, I just, I just teams like Arizona and Cal, like SC yes. up a lot of points with this defense. USC could be in a, a USC. That's assuming that they don't improve. I think they will improve. I think they will improve, but also I, I, I don't, I don't see a defense on USC's schedule that is so much better and so much more capable of shutting down USC's offense that the defensive struggles on the other side are outweighed. Like, even, for instance, the the games that USC lost to Utah, Utah had one of, if not the best defense in, you know, Utah-Washington had, had the best defenses in the in the conference last year. Not, not sorry, not Washington. Um, who am I thinking of that had the, the better defenses in the conference? Wh- whatever, either way, Utah, better defense in the conference. And they still got put points on by yeah. USC with and without Caleb Williams having an intact hamstring. So 
Well, it was better when the hamstring was definitely intact, of course. Yes, for sure. But even without an intact hamstring, Caleb Williams still put up points on that Utah uh, put, put defense. One drive. One, okay. one drive. You know, still, he guided an offense. SC's offense was terrible after the, the hamstring thing, but that was in part because they were down offensive linemen, too. Yeah. So, um, oh, K- Kenny saying Oregon State. Yes, Oregon State was one of the better defenses, uh, and 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 even them, you know, they gave USC the the, the toughest time of it. But there were so many other extenuating circumstances well, I, there too. I, think, I, I just I think Notre I just Dame could could give SC those fits. Yeah, they've got a they've got a. I, I but think I think that there are a handful of teams that could make it difficult for USC's offense. And when I say yes. make it difficult, I'm saying it's not a given that USC will score 40 points on them. Right. Well, the, so the, the the flip side is you got to you got to do that while also still outscoring SC. Yes. Um, Notre Dame held SC in check to 38 points last year but could not outscore SC. SC's defense fared really well against Notre yeah. Dame. So yeah. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, the old mailbag, shall we? Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Got mail. All right, Alicia, I'm super excited about this. Uh, Going to the mailbag because we've got a frontline call for the first time in forever, uh, of course, the rant line is back. 818-643-7227 uh, is the phone number. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right here on the top of the screen. Uh, before we get to that, just a sec, though, I did want to run through a tweet we got from, from John who says, uh, well, I think I, you got the four correct last week on the defense of Mount Rushmore. I'll humbly submit that Sean Cody deserved to mention and was a pivotal player in resurrecting SC. Thousand percent yes. We should have talked about Sean Cody more. I don't think he was even on the list. And part of the reason that he wasn't on the list was because we went through and were naming like trophy accolades before like just all Americans. Cause SC has a billion all Americans, but yes, Sean Cody, uh, can Mike Patterson, all deserved shouts thousand percent. And I think Cody would have had a really good argument. Yeah. So they're only agreed there, but we got a rant line call from uh, Tony in uh, Pennsylvania. So here's what Tony had to say. Michael, Alicia, good to see the Rand Line back. This is Tony from Genoa, PA. Great to have you guys back. Look forward to spilling my emotions through the upcoming season. Keep it up. Fight on. There we go. Fight on, Tony in Denora, PA. It's nice to hear somebody's voice again. It's back. Yeah. So we're super excited. Again, the phone number, uh, 818-643-7227. Give us your calls to ask any questions about the pod. But also, if you're new to the show... The rant line exists so you can rant in the middle of the game about random things. Or you can rave about other things. So um, we wanted to play a little bit of a... um, A throwback. A throwback to a little sizzle reel that we put together years ago of the 2016 rant line. So if you're new to the show, you might not have heard this before. Um, But here it goes. And if you've been listening to us forever... This is a blast in the past with all of our favorite friends. Hey, Troy, this is Sean from beautiful Austin, Texas. What's up, Brandon Troy? This is Britt from Irvine. Hey, LJ from Texas. Dylan from Grand Church. Dave from Orange County. Derek from Fort Worth. Chad from Riverside. Big Play. Call him live from the gang. Josh from Buckeye Country. Kevin from Valley Glen. Dante. Hey, guys. My name is Michael, and I've been blind all my life. I wonder if that game was as unwatchable as it was unlistenable. All right. It's Larry from Incline Village. It's my last call to the rant line in history because I'm having the USC Trojan football. 
football team removed from my brain. I'm going to go see a brain surgeon this week. I'm having a lemonade. That's it. I'm done. Can't repeat the Paul Hackett era. We're trying to out Alabama, Alabama, out Stanford, Stanford. No. It's the ball to your receivers. We're trying to be run first, but we're coming out like we're Baylor. I'm not even hoping for a win at this time. I'm just hoping for a first down. We just punted. We just punted down three possessions in the fourth quarter. I'm standing in the parking lot of a B-dubs, walking in circles, because I can't believe we just gave up that lead. I can't understand how you punt that ball. I don't understand how you get no pressure on a quarterback in a whole entire fourth quarter. I don't understand how you can't pull up a blitz, and the man has 20 minutes back there to throw the damn ball whenever you're sitting there losing the lead. Why is it constantly like this? Why can we not fire this man right now and get a staff in here who's going to be able to just just do something? I mean, just just why can't we just win a game? Oh, my God. This is bad. I don't even know what to say. We have exhausted how bad this team is, and it's only the fourth recent game of the season. If there is one happy person in this fan base, you just saw that right now because you're not getting the big picture. We're living in a world where Army is undefeated and USC is one and they won't beat Colorado this year. Hey guys, it's your good buddy Paul in Arizona. And the problem with living in Arizona is that when you run out your door and run down the block waving your Juju Smith Schuster jersey screaming your head off is that after you win the Rose Bowl is that the neighbors actually think something is wrong. Did you see that interception? Did you hear the crowd? Adoree Jackson with the most clutch play ever. Fight on, baby. Lee Corso, you should have picked the Trojans. Hey, guys, I couldn't be more excited if, uh, I don't know, something personal did happen in my life. Fight on, SC. Oh, my God. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, baby. Touchdown, USC. Oh my God, was that a game for all time. One of the best college football games I've ever seen. This is up there with the push push and 81 Oklahoma USC game one versus two classic. That was a tremendous ending. So fitting of this game. Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Respawn, so great. Oh, wow. Just wow. And what can I say more about Sam Darnold, man? Sam the man. Sam, Sam, Sam. Darnold is the man. What a, oh my, I don't even know what to say about that. those last minute and a half. Leon McQuay with almost two back-to-back interceptions. Sam Darnold with those last couple drives. Wow. The, from the lowest of lows after the, the run that Penn State went on to the interception. I mean, everything. It was amazing. Long-time listener, first-time caller, Rose Bowl baby. Oh, my God. Rose Bowl baby, Rose Bowl champion. Rose Bowl champ. Rose Bowl champions, baby. Let's go. We just won the Rose Bowl, baby. Okay, thanks for letting me rant. I'm sure I like you guys. Are we, are we going to fight on or do, do we still say fight on? Fight on. All right, fight on. Dick Hammer, y'all. Fight on, I guess. Fight on. Peace out. Take care. Bye. Bye. Damn. Oh, that was so good. Ah. It's been a while. Oh, it's been a while. It's going to be so good to have the rant line, rant line back this year. It's going to be so good. Oh, guys, if you're new to the show, if you've only started listening like in the last year or so, I, I can't express to you how amazing the rant line is it's just my favorite thing in the world and it was great too hearing so many so many of like those so many of those made it into our intro for the show yeah yeah (laughs) like like 
I feel like our intro was basically just the a cut up of the, yeah. the, the sizzle reel. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, uh, both Tims are saying, "Dang, right in the memories," and I've missed those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so give us a call uh, during the games. Uh, before then, whatever. Eight one eight six four three seven two two seven. Save it into your phone right now. All right, we got a bunch of questions. Uh, let's get to those questions. Uh, we're going to run through these probably rapid fire because we got so many of them. Uh, Cameron from Frisco, Texas says, if you were at Pac-12 Media Day, what question would you ask any coach or player in the conference and who would they be? We're not going, by the way. It's in Vegas later this week. We're going to talk about it next week on the show, though. Yeah, it's a bummer because normally we would be thinking of questions that we might be asking coaches and yeah. players. Um, I don't know. I, I any any coach you know i got one okay it's probably tiresome but like honestly how happy or sad are you to not have to play sc anymore like is it something that that you like are glad that you don't have to play sc anymore are you sad because you know maybe you'd like to go into la you'd like to play in the coliseum like like i don't know like i i'm not asking from like a you know, like, uh, you know, revel in hate perspective or anything like that. Uh, g- genuinely, like, what's be honest about it because you know they're going to be asked that a million times and have to give a cliche answer. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious what the honest answer would be. Yeah, and I think that's one of my problems with thinking of questions like this is, um, you have to sort of accept that you're not going to always get an honest answer, oh, and you yeah. sort of have to be thinking about like. Is it worth asking this question if I'm just going to get the pat answer? Um, but also sometimes it's worth asking a question because sometimes people surprise you and they give you the, the answer you're not expecting. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'd ask Caleb Williams if he wants USC to wear black jerseys because I just always think oh, it's a fun conversation to have. You are a masochist, yeah. a chaotic, <laughs> evil person. Um, Cameron also says, uh, rest in peace to C.R. Roberts. Yes. Absolutely. Rest in peace to C.R. Roberts. Trojan legend. Mm -hmm. You don't know the story of how he ran all over Texas. Go Unsegregated Texas. Texas wasn't going to let USC bring their black players with them, and USC insisted. um, Texas tried to put the black players up in... uh, They they weren't supposed to stay at the team hotel. They were supposed to stay at the Y across town. And uh, the team said, "Hell no! Uh, uh-uh. we're, we're if 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 our players, if our teammates don't get to stay with us at this team hotel, we will leave." And um, they they put their foot down, and C.R. Roberts um, absolutely just walloped Texas in a way yeah. that people just didn't wallop Texas at the time. Chef, um, chef's kiss. Yes, absolutely yeah. wonderful. One of my favorite stories to tell um, when I was writing. Sort of throwback doesn't get talked about as much as Sam Bam. No, it doesn't, and and that's just dis- that's uh, disappointing because uh, Sam Bam. Both stories are both worth stories telling. are worth yeah. telling. Wonderful. Um, if you don't know the story, go go read it. I've written something on Rain of Troy that you can go uh, find. Just search C.R. Roberts Rain of Troy, and you'll you'll find it. Or just search C.R. Roberts, and you might find just good stuff in general about him. Yeah. Because um, yeah, legend. Um, Bill says, "Where does Corey Foreman fit in?" I don't. I don't know. I think that's one of the big I have questions no... for, for this. I have no idea. I have zero idea. If you had told me at the start of the year, would Corey Foreman be a Trojan right now in July, I would have told you, I'm going to guess he's going to transfer. 
um, just based on the additions that USC brought in and, and the lack yeah. of certainty around, around what he's going to be. So I have no idea. I'm excited to find out. He beat UCLA. I think you got you got to stay <laughs> around did. after that point. He, yeah. he did, yes. Um, Cigar says, is, is Smalakai going to be ready to compete for the for the QB2 spot? I think he'll be ready to compete for it. Will he win it? It's a, it's a different story. I think it would be interesting also, could SC find themselves in a QB2 temporary and QB2 permanent position? Because I think that might be yeah. a case, something that we've seen sort of before where like, okay, if knock on wood, um, SC needed to go to a quarterback too. Is it because the helmet popped off or is it because there was a catastrophic injury? Yeah. Like th- those are two different things potentially that the answer could be different. I don't, I don't know that the answer is going to be different, but I think that that possibility could be there. So I'm going to defer to folks over at the victory pod, uh, Keely, you're and, and Cody Kessler yeah. listening to their, their, um, their most recent episode. Great pod, by the way. Victory pod. Great pod. If you yeah. guys don't listen, seriously, like yeah. <laughs> Keely's very good at what yeah. she does. And yeah. Cody is an, is a really great, they made the right co-host. choice to call it the victory pod, not the lost pod. This is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they both, they both, uh, they were asked a similar question um, about QB two and, and they both thought that Miller Moss would, would had already essentially won the, the QB job, QB two job and would, would, um, would be QB two going into the season. So I definitely will defer to their knowledge of, of the situation. Um, the one thing I'll say is something that I've been saying since the end of last season. Um, if Lincoln Riley trusted Miller Moss, I think that uh, we would have seen him play uh, in uh, in the Pac-12 title game. And it, and it's not. I know it's very difficult to take Caleb Williams out if he if he insists he can play. I get it, but um, I think that if. Uh, if if they trusted Miller Moss, then we would have seen him play. That's sort of my perspective. Um, I, I don't I know. Think there's 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 ranges of the word trust. Yes, absolutely. And I think Malachi Nelson has a long way to go before he reaches the trust so, where they would ensure they wouldn't trust that offense with him. Um, so, like, I'm definitely not sitting here saying that Malachi Nelson is QB two. I just think that you are on the right track in terms of my feelings. That there's a difference between being QB two and and successor yes right and yeah. i think those are two different roles that usc would have to figure out david says who's behind baron bars on the uh the defensive line i feel like we need a couple more guys over there um so usc's bringing back uh guys like uh stanley stanley t stanley taufo and he has starting experience so worst comes to worst you have him you have him starting there you also have um, guys like Dejon Benton and Tyron Teleni and and um, I feel like Benton's been just been waiting for a big breakout. Yeah, yeah, and you know I wonder if Solomon Bird has I'm you know guys like Teleni and and Bird and Tulia Pupu and those guys. It's just hard to sort of even Jack Sullivan because we haven't really seen him. There's also been a lot of changes with the positions. Right? Yes, like, yeah, it's hard. It's uh, that the the defensive front is. It's always hard to sort of slot guys in based on sort of my traditional, my traditional understanding of who would go where doesn't always fit where the coaches put guys. So that uh, that's that's also hard to to deal with. But um, yeah, it's it's not the deepest, definitely not the deepest group. But there are there are guys there that have played before for USC um, that yeah. I think you would expect to see if 
you weren't seeing Bear Alexander or Kian Bars. And I also want to like stress that I don't know that it's a guarantee that you know Bear Alexander is a is a is a full time starter. I mean he's he's still a really young guy, like kind of ceilings uh, majorly high, but also still has to develop. Um, same with Anthony Lucas, young young guys like. Don't assume that all of a sudden that they are going to be trusted to be in there for all three downs. Uh, we still need to see them prove that they are. Yeah. Um, Touchdown SC says, do you think Cliff Kingsbury will be low profile and quiet with the media? Yeah, I doubt he will ever talk to them. Yeah, analysts don't talk to media. Yeah. Um, Tim Pringley says, outside of Caleb, is there another must-stay-healthy Trojan for USC to make the playoffs? My pick is, is Justin Dietrich. 100% agree on Dietrich. It's, it is Dietrich. Uh, I don't... I don't know who USC replaces at center if it's if Dietrich. I, I yeah, and, that's a complete mystery to me. Yeah, and, and it's not just about him playing center. I think just being on the defense on the offensive line and being the big stalwart on the defensive line. Look at four he's getting hurt last year. Yeah. Rama Murdy is eleven and one realistic. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Kenny, will there be a Pac twelve media de- deal by this Friday? Um, I will say no. I blame Larry Scott for this. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been saying for weeks that they have to have it done by the Pac, by Pac-12 Media Day. They need to. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. The ACC just announced the deal with the CW, so that's one down. Uh, eesh, yeah. All right. Ellie Fred has a bunch of questions, off-topic questions. Number one, when you have a day off, what do you like to do? Um, I love to hike. I haven't done a lot of it this year, unfortunately. My schedule hasn't sort of worked in that way. So uh, ideally, I would love to hike. Um, uh, yeah, I just I, I tend to try to get a little bit more exercise in for Jesse on, on my days off. Um, I like watching TV and reading books. I'm currently reading the <laughs> I'm currently reading the books that uh, the Silo TV series is based on wool i'm absolutely loving it so my day off tomorrow will probably be spent in part uh finishing that book um so yeah hanging out with you hanging out with friends playing board games you know board games are always great game night is always lovely love a good game night um my answer unfortunately is playing mlb the show (laughs) something that i'm not good at but i play a hell of a lot and unfortunately too much because i looked up the game time about how much i've played since the game dropped just about three and a half months ago and it's too embarrassing to admit on a podcast (laughs) my god yep friends other question um you're allowed one front row ticket any sporting event concert meeting battle event in history past present or future what are you going to be in person for as an observer? Only one ticket, so you're going solo. As much as I love sports, my inner history buff must come out, and I would be, uh, I would, I would choose the debate and signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776, or the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. First of all, Fred, I, I love the question here. You are a crazy person. For going to the Battle of nothing scares me more than being like at a Civil War fight, like the just like the picture of the stacks of bodies and oh my god, no, get me out of it! Like that and the like the Battle of Marne, no, I avoid, avoid. But but let me know how it goes. More power to you. Um, yeah, my I would definitely choose a sporting event uh, for that exact reason. 
Um, my USC answer is is probably like the comeback, the Anthony Davis comeback game. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Nineteen seventy four. I think my overall answer is the two thousand five Champions League final, where Liverpool sure. came back from three 0 down to beat AC Milan. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's probably my answer. Okay, I I have one clear answer, and it's. Uh, October 1st, 1932. I want to go back to the fifth inning of Game 3, the World Series. Uh, 0-2 count, Charlie Root on on the bump at Wrigley Field with uh, George Herman Ruth in in the, the batter's box. He makes a gesture. Where is he pointing? I want to know where. And I want to go with like <laughs> like a way to say, no, he wasn't calling his shot. He was just pointing at the Cubs dugout like, let's get over this. Or like, <laughs> holy crap, he was calling the shot. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, Kenny in the chat says, I don't want to go to see a battle. I don't want to see anyone die, let alone many. Exactly. That's how I feel about a battle. Like, no. Like, would you want to go to the, the duel between Burr and, and Hamilton? No. No, I, I, I don't need to see that. No, no, don't need to see it. Don't need to see it on stage either, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, last question from Tim in LA. Rumor is Assassin's Creed Black Flag is getting a remake. Are you excited or very excited? Uh, and favorite sea shanty have always been parceled to running down to Cuba. This, Alicia, is a you question because none yes. of this makes any sense yes. to me. Okay, my love of sea shanties comes from Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is honestly one of my favorite video games of all time um it's it's it it's definitely top five i'd have to sort of think on whether or not it well on sort of where it sits inside that top five but it is one of my all-time favorites um so yes i'm excited but also like i'm also wary of remakes so eh, we'll see um favorite sea shanty the one that is constantly in my head i don't think it's my favorite one um but what's the name of it no and the jump to the randy dandy that one whatever that one is we're gonna end the show there uh we'll be back next week to talk about uh everything that happened at pac 12 media day and uh start to look forward to fall camp uh which is coming up in a couple weeks so uh we're super excited about that uh we're super excited for you to join us here on youtube every monday at 5 p.m and uh until then we will see you see you Yeah.